Chapter 12 of Shore Stories for Colored People Both Old and Young by Silas X. Floyd. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Young People and Life Insurance Every little boy and girl, and, of course, every man and woman, of the colored race in America should carry a life insurance policy of some kind in some reliable company. In this matter the old people, as in some other things, ought to set the example for the young, but there are some reasons growing chiefly out of their previous condition of slavery, why our mothers and fathers have not, as a rule, taken very largely to the business of having their lives insured. But because our parents have been negligent in this matter, there is no reason why the younger generation should be. Life insurance is a good thing, boys and girls, one of the best things in the world. American life insurance companies alone pay to policyholders or estates of policyholders over $100 million annually. Only a very small and almost insignificant portion of this vast sum goes into the hands of colored people, and for the reason that very few colored people carry life insurance policies. Now use a little common sense about this matter. Whatever is good in life insurance for other races is good for our race. Whatever in life insurance benefits other races will benefit our race. In business, as in education, whatever is good for a white man is good for a black man. I would therefore urge every boy and girl to join a life insurance company, and where your mothers and fathers are not insured, I would urge you to do your utmost to persuade them to join at once. For one reason, a life insurance policy is not expensive. You might well talk of the expense of buying bank stock, or the expense of putting your money into a savings bank, or any other safe place as to speak of the expense of keeping up a life insurance policy. It is accumulation and not expense. Every dollar put into life insurance is a dollar saved to yourself or your estate. For another reason, life insurance is a good business investment. Carefully collected statistics on file in Washington City prove that investments in life insurance are much safer and yield much larger returns than money placed in a savings bank. When you are older, you will perhaps be able to make these comparisons for yourself. For the present, you can take my word for it. A third reason, life insurance is cheap. You can in an instant create a capital of $1,000, though you may be ever so poor, by laying aside only a few cents a week. Young people chew up and drink up and smoke up and frolic up more money every week than would be sufficient to protect them against the rainy days that must come to everybody. And then, life insurance has a character value. It makes a young man a better man. It makes a young woman a better woman. That is to say, it makes them more economical, more businesslike, happier, and I believe it will make them live longer. It is high time that black boys and girls were learning these things and acting upon them. When God commanded us not to serve money as a false god, he did not say that money could not serve us, and I beseech the boys and girls, and the old people too, to exercise the same foresight and the same good sense about life insurance that other races exercise. THE LITTLE SAILOR CAT In September, 1893, 
grouped on the fall river line pier at the foot of warren street new york there stood a party of twenty-three sailors waiting for the puritan to take them to boston the central figure in the group a short thick-set man with bronzed and grizzled moustache stood erect with arms folded over his chest upon the solid foundation thus made nestled a little white kitten the man and the kitten were the boston contingent of the crew of the steamship city of savannah which had been wrecked the week before on hunting island off the south carolina coast the story of the beaching of the steamship and of the taking off of her crew by the city of birmingham had been told in all the newspapers but nothing had been said about the cat so the boston herald said before the shipwreck the cat was nothing more than an ordinary ship's cat and the captain had named him mascot but that was the end of his distinction after the disaster nevertheless all the sailors swore that the kitten was a good sailor as any of them he is a wonder said the short thick-set man surveying the cat proudly nobody thought of him in the rush but he got there just the same he climbed the rigging in that gale like an old tar and held on for hours he wasn't a bit frightened either only he would caterwaul when he got hungry we were on board of the boat fifty hours after she struck before the sea was such that we could be taken off in boats at night the captain ordered all the crew into the rigging and made us stay there we each took a piece of rope and lashed ourselves on so as to keep from falling off when asleep that's what the captain said the string was for but i never slept at all i don't think many others did the cat got along without any rope and she was there in the morning all right when we got away at last nearly crazy with thirst and so faint that we could hardly climb down the jacob's ladder into the birmingham's boats that little fellow climbed out of his nest in the rigging and wanted to go too we were glad to take him church one be punctual and regular at all the services of your church two give close attention to the pastor in the public service good hearers make good preachers three whenever you are aided by a sermon tell the pastor about it in this way you will help him more than you think possible four do not neglect morning and evening prayer at home pray daily for god's blessing upon the preaching and other labors of the pastor five in the world let your light so shine before others that they may be led to glorify your father which is in heaven let your light shine six invite your friends to attend divine services a drawing congregation is as good as a drawing preacher call for your friends often seven remember day by day that you are not your own but have been bought with a price and that you are christ's servant watch and pray eight if any service is required of you in the church or in the sunday school do not shirk it always say i will try for jesus sake nine in the prayer meeting speak briefly and to the point if you pray ask only for what you want be short and direct ask and ye shall receive ten never subscribe more than you are able to pay and be sure to pay whatever you promise whether much or little give it cheerfully god loveth the cheerful giver 
11. Having found eternal life, use all appropriate means to develop Christian character. Prayer, reading the Bible, attending church and Sunday school, reading good books and Christian newspapers, keeping the best company, all these will help you. A Word to Parents The Drummer Boy and His Dog Children are a gift from God. Children are a heritage from the Lord. It depends largely on parents whether they become a heritage of honor and delight or of sorrow and shame. It is not simply incumbent upon parents that their children be well cared for, fed and clothed, properly educated and so forth. But more than this, they are to be brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. This being true, then, the highest aim of rearing children is not simply that they may win success and command respect in the world. Respect and success are greatly to be desired and sought, but beyond them and beyond everything else is the highest and chiefest aim of parental love and care, that their children may honor and command the righteousness of God in the life that now is and magnify the glory of God in the life that is to be. This is the mark and prize of their high calling. Admitting this, then, the early conversion of children is all-important. But if they are to be early converted, is it not wise, nay, absolutely essential, that mothers and fathers prepare the way by restricting their natural impulses by which they are led to desire indulgence in the gay vanities of life? Is it not positively wrong for parents to indulge that pernicious and destructive delusion which some allow of permitting their children to have their own evil way in the hope that in due time they will in some way see their error and turn to the right path of their own accord? Father, you are a Christian. Mother, you are a Christian. Now, in your home, in the management of your children, are you doing the best you can to show what a Christian family should be? How is it, my friends? I leave that question with you. THE UNSEEN CHARMER Carl Brickerman, a collection clerk in an uptown bank, in his accustomed daily routine found it necessary, among other things, to call by telephone the downtown brokerage firm of Hope Good & Company. One day he missed the familiar feminine voice which had usually responded to his calls. But the new voice seemed sweeter and much more passionately penetrating. For two or three days Brickerman was puzzled, not only because of the change at the other end of the phone, but also because of the strange and uncountable fascination which the new voice possessed for him. At length one day, almost in desperation, he turned aside from his regular business inquiries to ask, "'Where is the other girl?' "'Which other girl?' asked the mellifluous voice over the articulate wire. "'The one who used to answer the phone for the hope goods,' explained Brickerman. "'Promoted,' came the response with a merry little laugh. "'And you have her old place?' asked Brickerman, somewhat encouraged. "'Yes, for a while,' said the same still, small voice at the other end and it sounded more and more sweetly to the would-be masher. "'Well,' said Brickerman, laughing the while, "'I used to know her quite well, and I should like to meet you face to face, if you don't mind. 
i am so charmed with the music of your voice i am sure i should be perfectly entranced with the magic of your face a merry peal of laughter from the other end greeted this sally the young man continued i used to come down some days about four o'clock to see margie will you my unseen charmer grant me the same high favor why certainly come any day answered the sweet voice which had so strangely bewitched the young man in ecstasy brickerman shouted back i'll be down this afternoon brickerman hung up the receiver and chuckling with delight he turned to his other duties with the clarity that a young spring chicken displays when it suddenly discovers a big fat worm by three thirty o'clock he had arranged his toilet and stood before the mirror giving the finishing twirl to his budding moustache he brushed his clothing the second time brushed his hat and figuratively speaking arrayed in purple and fine linen he sallied forth he boarded an elevated train bound for the downtown district on his way down he tried to picture to himself the kind of a girl he should meet at the hope goods would she be tall or short of stature blonde or brunette above twenty-one years of age or only sweet sixteen the quick arrival of the train at park place put a period to brickerman's reverie he went tripping across a few blocks to the place where all of his hopes had been centered during the past few hours in fact days arrived there he stepped into the front office where margie had formerly presided it was the same snug cosy room but he failed to behold there the eagerly expected young lady instead he ran amuck a chubby little boy with a ruddy face and curly hair and perhaps not more than fourteen or fifteen years old sitting in margie's place brickerman was visibly embarrassed he did not know where to begin or what to say he twitched nervously at the glove which he carried in his hand and finally stammered is er mr hopegood in no sir said the boy can i be of any service to you brickerman's face turned blood red and great drops of perspiration stood out upon his forehead the accents of the little boy startled him for they were the same that had been wafted to him almost daily along the wire and with which he thought he had been enamoured in the midst of his confusion he managed to say hoping almost against hope that his identity had not been discovered well er i'll call again and without waiting to hear the unseen charmer speak again he hastily retired with as good grace as was possible under the circumstances our country boys and girls we are all american citizens the last one of us this is our country as much as it is the country of any other race and we should love it and fight for it as our fathers have loved fought and died for it on many a battlefield we may be the descendants of africans but we are citizens of the united states this is our home our country let us believe it in spite of what some foolish people say therefore i'm going to give you one or two sentiments which you should learn early in life in order to stimulate your patriotism one may the honor of our country be without stain two may the glory of america never cease to shine three may every american manfully withstand corruption four 
may reverence for the laws ever predominate the hearts of the american people five the sons and daughters of america may their union be cemented by love and affection and their offspring adorn the stations they are destined to fill six may the growth of the american union never be prevented by party spirit seven the boys of america may they be strong and virtuous manly and brave eight the girls of america may they prove to be such in heart and life as will make them worthy mothers of a strong and noble race nine health to our president prosperity to our people and may congress direct its endeavors to the public good ten may peace or america spread her wing and commerce fill her ports with gold may arts and science comfort bring and liberty her sons enfold End of chapter 12